Hey, my name is Sally. Ooh. Oh, sorry. One, one second. <laughs> um, good evening. Today is August 2nd, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter and step is step 11, and our speaker tonight is Sally P. Thank you so much, Sally P. Thank you. Oh, you can you tell how excited I am or possibly nervous? So I, I wasn't expecting to speak on this meeting tonight, and I got a last-minute invite. And my, my recovery is all about service now, not just in OA, but in the world. You know, how can I best serve you, God, today? And um, I, I might forget what I'm talking about. I just, I'm in my third day of COVID, and I'm doing really well. Um, but I have, I have some symptoms, and foggy brain is one of them. So I don't want to go into a lot about my past. You know, we're here to talk about 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, which is in italics, which most of you know that when they printed this book, they paid more for the italics because that is to stand out as we understood him, her, it, nature. Praying only for the knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry that out. Um, I found these rooms when I was 23 and I'm going to be 65. So you guys could do the math. And I want to start off by saying that none of that time was wasted. You know, I, I, I went into my first meeting and I got zapped with abstinence and I took steps one, two, and three right away. I was so happy that I found a place and a room full of people that was talking about what I had and that I actually found, knew that it was an illness. Um, and all they had back then was the big book and I think the Dignity of Choice food plans. So I got both. Of course, I picked the biggest food plan that Dignity of Choice offered and I, my, my recovery was sticking to my food plan and going to meetings, you know, being of service. I, I went through the steps. I don't remember getting any relief from step four. Um, uh, steps eight and nine, I was terrified of because I'd stolen so much money. By the time I was 23, I was a little klepto and I had stolen a lot of money, um, not just for my food, but I just felt entitled that if I wanted something and I couldn't afford it, I would go through my friend's parents' drawers when I was visiting them and steal their money. So I was absolutely terrified about step nine. But when I did it, Oh my God, the compassion I got from some people was absolutely unbelievable. And then when I think I kind of skipped over step 10, I don't think anyone ever explained step 10 to me at all. But I definitely practiced 11 and 12 because I knew, like I say from my first meeting, that it was God. It was God that was relieving me from this bondage of this disease because this disease had, disease had me, I think at three years old. And I saw a picture of myself today um, I'm a twin and I was, I was looking at this, it was actually a video and I was this big little chubby thing and my twin sister was skinny. So I, I want to believe that I, I inherited whatever I was born with this disease and the desire to, um, use food for comfort, for joy, for fun. Um, and addictively, I was either on a diet or off of a diet, never okay, I'm going to be, okay. I'm just going to accept myself. My highest weight was 220. 
my lowest weight, 120, and I'm about 130 now, but damn it, I wish I could get back down to that 120. And I know you can all relate, right? Because <laughs> it's part of the disease still. It's never, ever going to be enough. But I have to accept that this is what God wants me to be. And I get to do a whole lot of work around, why do you think you're not okay, Sal, in this body and with this weight? And so, like I say, I've been in the program for a long time. And um, what happened was about five years ago, I've had food neutrality for the last five years. And that came about, I finally admitted to a friend of mine that uh, I was a dry drunk. I, I worked in this spa in Vail, Colorado, and he would come in on a regular basis. And he had started this um, food recovery retreat to help people detox from the food. And he was telling me all about this. And I'm like, oh, if you ever need help, I can help you lead it, you know? Well, I finally admitted to him, you know, that I was a dry drunk and I, I didn't have, hadn't had a sponsor for like 30 years, seriously, because I didn't need anybody. Um, I didn't have a tribe where I lived. The, the meetings had dwindled. I knew nothing about online meetings. I read lots of spiritual books. I was part of a beautiful church. So I had enough spirituality you know, that was a thread that's always been through my life since I've gotten into this program was seeking God. And some of my methods for seeking God led me into cults. Um, and, and I'm so thankful that when I heard, you know, I can choose my own conception when I got into OA, I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you, because I got to let go of some of these other harmful belief systems. And so when I got, when I went to this program, um, I got off the food and I was introduced to what total abstinence was and I didn't know it and weighing and measuring. And once again, weighing and measuring, what do you mean? I'm this away, you know? I resisted that, but I was told by many people, you have to have a beginner mind. I have a big ego. You have to have a beginner mind. And so all throughout this retreat, when my ego would scream, I'd say, beginner mind, beginner mind, beginner mind. And at the end of this retreat, um, and they opened the big book we jumped right into a big book and they, they, they went, went into the doctor's opinion. And whoa, I'd never heard that. No one, I didn't read the doctor's opinion. I read the stories in the back of the book, which are fabulous. I mean, I was able to stay absent by identifying with these alcoholics. So reading the doctor's opinion was like, oh, wow, that's a new piece. And so I, I left this treatment program um, and I was crazy you know, because you put down the food and I wasn't binging, but I was still obsessed with my weight and what I was eating. And I was not sober. I was not emotionally sober. And I have to jump forward. You know, it hasn't been until the last year in complete abstinence and reading this book on a regular basis and working with others that light bulbs have gone off from the words in this book. And it's been because the food is no longer beating me up, but life has beat me up a little bit the last couple of years. And I had a program that has helped me walk through it. And um, one of my sayings is God is everything or God is nothing. So when I'm walking through those crummy, horrible, yucky feelings, I have to trust that if I don't pick up, I will have clarity on the other side. And sometimes that clarity takes years. So I get to feel this garbage off and on. I don't have to sit in it, but I got to feel it. I got to feel the trauma. And one of the traumas I experienced um, 
20 years ago is my twin sister died from this disease. She harmed herself with um, supplements that she got online and it gave her heart failure and she died. And then COVID happened and I work in a nursing home and talk about fear. I mean, I, my biggest fear was I'm going to get it and I'm going to give it to them and everyone is going to die because of me, you know, and that to me is a piece of the low self-esteem that I carry along that, you know, I'm going to be blamed for these bad things that are happening in the world. I'm that powerful. And then what happened two years ago was my, I lost my last sibling to the disease of alcoholism. She died at 65. And so I was like, seriously, God? But I had enough program when my twin died that when I got the call that she probably wasn't going to make it, I got on my knees and I said, thy will be done. And I prayed for all concerned and she died. But then I had to walk through the years of, of unfolding the pain and getting in touch. And so much of my pain from these losses has been self-inflicted. It's been self-centered pain, I honestly have to say. And then when my older sister died, once again, it was like, oh, here we go again. And one of the things I've been taught in this program is to ask God to see things differently. And so I've been praying for new experience when it comes to death, grieving, emotional pain. And, and I've gotten that. I, that's where my light bulbs have come off from going into the pain and dissecting it. And my thoughts about the pain was they abandoned me. I could have stopped it from happening. Um, you know, why, why am I alive and they're not? All that false thinking, you know? And so what I'm saying is that, you know, and, and the 10th step is what's really helped me with that, to dig, dig deeper at my belief systems about, you know, what happens when crappy things happen in our lives. And we're going to have a lot of crappy things happen in our lives because we're human. No one's immune. But I always say, and even when my, my last sister died, I said, I want the rainbow, God. I want the lesson. I want the rainbow. But I want it the next day. It's not how it works. And I want to be at step 11 and have this perfect peace with God right away. That's not how it works. 10 minutes. It has to, it, it ebbs and it flows. 10 minutes. Perfect. Thank you. It ebbs and it flows, but by the grace of God and my abstinence is, is, is grace. It's not me. Once again, why am I alive? And so many other people in my life aren't. There's a reason. So it's grace. It's all grace. And just the fact that all of a sudden these words on the page are starting to mean more to me is grace. It's all grace. And so what I want to really emphasize is, you know, I, I ha I've had God in my life my whole life. I think um, all those years of, of eating compulsively, um, I had to do that in order to find these rooms. And finding these rooms in this way of life is absolutely the biggest blessing that's ever ever come into my life because I have a new way of living and I just I want to get back to the book a little bit um because it but we are on step 11 so step 11 suggests prayer and meditation we shouldn't be shy on this matter of prayer better men than we are using it constantly 
It works if we have the proper attitude and work at it. So I work at it now. I get up in the morning. Um, I do upon awakening. And my big prayer now throughout the day is, God, please remove my, remove my fear and show me what you would have me do. Because I am, that's my biggest character defect. I'm so afraid of so much. I was terrified of COVID. You know what? Thank God for Tylenol. I'm okay. But I spent a lot of mental energy for the past two and a half years in the what ifs. So I think about my 24 hours a day, the next 24 hours, and I most importantly say, God, how can I be of service to you and your others? And it's not just in this program. I mean, I work in a nursing home. There's a lot to do. You know, uh, we, it doesn't have to just be on the phone with another compulsive eater. It's I want to walk these steps every day. And when I don't walk these steps every day and I could do my review at the end of the day and say, okay, Sally, you were a little shithead. I can go back and I can look at what I did. And usually it's self-centered fear. I can make amends if I have to. And then I can put my head on the pillow and become right with God and right with Sally, you know, put my head on the pillow and know that I didn't eat today. I didn't harm anybody today. That is a good day. And I know I probably just have a little time left, but um, I just want to, I want to share a story. So, um, and I'm probably going to cry. So, you know, I lost my twin and I lost my older sister. My older sister had two daughters and, and her oldest is Erica. And I knew that after she died, my job was to be there for them. And, um, and I was. And last November, I got a call from my niece telling me that she's pregnant. And that she's pregnant with twins. And when I heard that, it just, the circle was completed. It's like, if you are not going to believe that everything that has happened in my life up until now has had to happen for me to be where I am. And also in my niece's life, for her to have conceived twins and they're half Asian and half American. They're these two little Buddha babies and they are absolutely gorgeous. And I look at my niece and I see my sister. I see my sister before she was riddled with alcoholism, the loving, kind, horrible person she was. That's God. So what I'm saying is, you know, life can beat us up, but we can say, okay, God, What's the lesson? And I know you got my hand in this. And there's another thing I want to read from the book, which has saved me because, you know, I'm so good at going back and saying, you screwed up, you know, you're doing it wrong. You know, you're not worthy, all that stuff. You're not doing the program right. And this used to be on page 449 in, in, in the third edition, but it's on acceptance. And some of you have probably heard it and some haven't. It's called acceptance. And when I heard this many, many years ago, it helped me because I'm all about beating myself from the past. And I needed to hear this. Acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I'm disturbed, it's because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact about my life unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it was supposed to be at the moment a.k.a. my sister's dying. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need 
to concern, concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and in my attitudes. Shakespeare said all the world's a stage and all the men are merely players. He forgot to mention I was the chief critic. I was always able to see the flaw in every person, every situation. I was always glad to point it out because I knew you wanted perfection just as I, as I did. AA and acceptance have taught me that there's a bit, of the, bit in the worst of us and a bit of bad in the best of us. That we are all children of God and we each have a right to be here. When I complain about you, I'm complaining about God's handiwork. And I want to end, um, like I say, I have raspy COVID voice, but I want to sing a song. Um, it's just a poem that's uh, uh, one of my favorite musicians um, put to word, put, um, put to music. And it's about Japanese bowls and you've heard Japanese bowls and, and I guess in Japan, when a bowl breaks, they, they mend it with gold. Okay. I'm like one of those Japanese bowls that were made long ago. I have some cracks in me. They have been filled with gold. That's what they used back then when they had a bowl to men. It did not hide the cracks. It made them shine instead. So now every old scar shows from every time I broke and everyone's eyes can see not what I used to be, but in a collector's mind, all of these jacket lines make me more beautiful and worth a much higher price. I'm like one of those Japanese bowls I was made long ago. I have some cracks you can see, see how they shine of gold. And with that, I'll pass, thank you. Thank you, that was lovely. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would our timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Okay, looks like first we have, oh, there was a different hand, but it looks like it's changed orders. Okay, first we have Annabelle Z. I didn't think I was first. Hi, I'm Annabelle Z, compulsive overeater, recovered in Washington state. And, um, oh, Sally, that was, beautiful. Um, I'm sure you know your voice is amazing, COVID or not, but oh, it was angelic. And um, what made it more angelic, of course, was the was the words. Um, I, I've heard that story before. And um, 
you know, this was the beauty of this program is when I, when I look at my character defects, I can see them as defects, but I can also know that they're assets when God works in me, that, that I can use them to serve others. And I only get there if I'm really connected in the 11th step. So I really appreciated how you turned this whole, you know, the, the pains from the losses uh, right now, I'm um, caring for my mom with Alzheimer's and it's, um, it's pretty tough. It's really tough. My dad just passed away a month ago and um, brought my mom out here to Washington. And anyway, life is tough right now. It's beating me up and it's, I can just go, God, how can I be a service today? And sometimes it's about 20 times a day that I need to get back there. Um, thank God for this program that I can, cause it's so easy to get self-centered, so easy to get um, selfish. Like what about me? You know, and, and a person with dementia gets, uh, really moody and it's it's like a 33 year old roughly like a three-year-old and it's hard to be my mom's mom really but I've had two mom I've had two kids so I get it um your story about the twins and, and your your twin sister just what an amazing full circle story and I feel the same way about the full circle of caring for my mom for all the years that she cared for me and all she gave to me so selflessly it's a gift to be able to give back um but it is a constant being of service. I will say that. So that's all I wanted to share. Thank you very much. Thanks, Annabelle. Next, we'll have Amy L. Hi, I'm Amy L, compulsive eater, exercise bulimic. Hi, everyone. Uh, Sally. Gosh, I love you. And I love your voice. And I... Um, I remember hearing you sing years ago on Vision for You, and I remember hearing you share on your twin sister, and I reached out to you, and um, that's part of the, the whole, to me, the God with skin, that we get to touch each other in these mysterious ways. And now you're here in the group, but I wanted to share also on step 11 and, um, you know, I, I heard you say my biggest defect is fear and, and, and certainly all my resentments are, are kind of a reaction to the deeper fear. <laughs> the resentment is a defense so I don't have to feel the fear. And I also have come to see in more recent years as one of my go-to defects, the way I turn away from my true self and from God and from each other is in my shame. And I've come to see that as the bondage of self and that I can just drown in it. I can spin in it. I can go down that dark rabbit hole with the lid on it, and it is bondage of self. And I love in this step, it says, we do not drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection, for that would diminish our usefulness to others. So today, I it's not that I don't get triggered as much. I'm still me. I am... Um, I have a kind of thin skin. It's just the way I'm wired. 
But the difference is when I recognize that I'm going into sadness or shame or that kind of self, bondage of self, I can do a 10th step and I can reach out to God and I can bring that to God. How do you please remove this shame, this sadness, this pain? How do you want me to be? And because I get to choose my conception of God, my God always wants me to be here, be where my feet are, be loved, be safe, be protected. And that's how I get my turnaround. And I always say to people, that's my one prayer that's always answered. Because God is in me, it's in you. And it's God, that God, my higher power is always available when I let go, let go of the bondage of self and reach out. Time so, reminder. Thank you. I'm done. Thank you so much. Thanks, Amy. Next up, we have Kristen H. Hi, I'm Kristen, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I, uh, wow, um, the previous share and then the lead tonight were just really beautiful. And um, the song was really, really good um, because I, um, for a long time, took the 11th step as an opportunity to beat the crap out of myself each night. And, um, and, uh, and then I would lie because I didn't want my sponsor to know the bad things about me. And, um, and I, then I started finally enough to resent even having to spend, I mean, when I'm lying, I'm just clicking like, no, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes. Right. I'm not even writing anything, but I resented having to go through that. Um, and, um, I have been working very hard, not, not, I mean, one of my, I'm working step six pretty hard right now. And so one of my biggest character defects is self-seeking and specifically lying to make myself look better. And, um, that's what I would do on the 11th step. So, um, And I, and I have to pray each time I do it to be reminded that it is an opportunity for me to reflect and for me to look at my day and figure out how I can grow from the day and figure out how, what I still need to handle before I go to bed. Um, so I'm really tired. I haven't slept well for the past few nights and last night was particularly bad. And I called in sick yesterday to work, but you know, you have to be at my job, at least you have to be really sick to call in more than one day in a row. So I went in today and I just worried the whole damn day that everyone hated me. And there's this one woman in particular who was my peer and she's not very warm and fuzzy. And so I worried the whole day that she hates me and I don't know how I'm going to mend this relationship and what do I need to do and in fear all day. And I just, the previous share reminding me that I don't have to figure out how to make Sophie like me, that I 
um, can just sit, sit with the feeling of not being enough and ask for relief from it and not try to, um, finagle relief from it. So, and when I went, when I do my 11th step at night and we're just, I'm just talking about the night, there's a whole morning thing too, but, um, at night I, um, will pray for that fear to be lifted. And that's what the, for me, that's what the 11th step is about. And that's what I have to remember. It's not for beating myself up. So thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Kristen. All right, next we're gonna have Kirda. Hi, everybody. I'm Kirda, compulsive, recovered compulsive overeater. Still so thrilled to say that. Um, thank you, Sally, for your share. Um, and the singing was beautiful. I love those bowls. I just learned about those bowls recently. It's such a beautiful metaphor for who we are. Um, and what compelled me to raise my hand is that you shared about being around a long time and saying that, you know, no one had ever really explained the 10 step to you. And, and that was this new thing. Let's see if I can find you on here so I can see you. There you are. Um, you know, cause that's part of my story too. It's like, I have, I, I've been in, the AA program for a really long time. And, and in just recent years, I've, I've had a new experience with that program, but a completely new surrender around food. And I, I was one of the people that tried to have the credits transfer. And so in particular, 10 and 11 is very important to me because I no longer see this as, see these steps as maintenance steps. I see them as an opportunity to deepen my program, you know? Um, that 11th step review is, it says that God disciplines us in this way. And, and I need that discipline. I am incredibly undisciplined. So when I'm watching and asking and turning and doing my 10th step, the 11th step is, is kind of like, how did my 10th step go? You know? Um, and last night in particular, I was, you know, I kind of reached out to a few people and asked them to like, what does stream of life mean to you when you, you know, like, have I packed into the stream of life? Um, and I got some really interesting answers. You know, some people were like, yeah, it's kind of like, how much did I do that day? But somebody also said like, is my life getting bigger or is it getting smaller? And I thought that was really great. Um, and then the last thing I wanna share that I heard someone, uh, it was one of the big meetings this weekend. She said, praying doesn't change the outcome. It changes the person praying. And so uh, it has certainly, it has certainly changed me. So that's uh, all I want to share. And, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Kirda. Next, we're going to have Gianna. Hi, everyone. I'm Gianna, compulsive overeater and bulimic. Um, Sally, thank you so much for your share. It was my first time ever hearing you um, share, and I truly just felt the love. Um, every, you know, it just it just radiates from you, um, and just how much love you have for everything. So, I really appreciated um, just experiencing that tonight. Um, I really appreciated um, your honest share about all the things that you've gone through. Um, I mean, I know we focus this day one at a time, but I literally, my mind goes on forever about like 
oh, what am I going to do? And, you know, however many years, my mom's not here. My dad's not here. My dog's not here. I fear, I fear, you know, having to go through those life experiences and, you know, it's just a part of life. I'm going to go through them. You know, we all do. Um, and I really got hope from you that I do have a, a program that I can work, that I can use. And I have a loving higher power for, you know, when the day comes where life is going to bite me in the ass, cause it will. Um, so thank you so much for your experience, strength and hope on that subject. Cause it definitely um, pops up on my 11 step a lot, you know, that fear. Um, and just another, uh, I also really appreciated how you said, um, you know, like what's God's role in you? Like you knew that you were to take care of your sister's daughters. Um, and that just, I don't know when I'm stuck in fear, you know, I isolate, I shut down. I don't think about myself. Like I'm selfish. Like, I'm just, how can I get myself out of this? I'm fearful. Like I just go crazy and I forget like, what am I even here to do on the first place? I'm here to serve. Um, and you know, what if like, I don't know, we always have a purpose and, um, I just really just was really inspired, um, by all of your strength. Um, like, how can you take something that's hard and see it differently? What can you learn from this? Because they're always like you said, I'm sorry. Um, there is always a little good in the bad and a little, you know, like they're always, you could always find that if you look for it. And, um, I just really am grateful that I was able to pop on and hear you. Um, and just in light of step 11, um, I don't know if this is funny, but I remember uh, when I first came into program and I was on step 11, I literally used to do service just so I could write it down on my step 11. So my sponsor would think I was great. Um, um, and then, um, I don't know, like, I just really appreciate the step 11 um, now because my disease pops up in so many different ways that I don't realize it until I do a step 11 when I have to look at myself and be like, was I loving to everybody? You know, is there something that I'm keeping to myself that I should tell other people? Um, my disease likes me just to keep it all in my head. Um, but I, the step 11 truly is just a wonderful way to keep myself in check because, you know, my defects and my disease are always trying to pop up one way or another to surprise me and keep it interesting. Um, but the step 11 really helps it out. Um, but thank you so much, Sally, for your share and everyone else for doing service and being here tonight. I pass. Thank you, Gianna. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions.